What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, hope you're doing well today. Cloud with you here. We're continuing on in Mark chapter three, and I've, I believe this is the fifth, if you're counting the fifth kind of uh, confrontation he's had with the Pharisees, the religious establishment uh, in Jerusalem. And throughout Jesus's whole preaching, teaching ministry, uh, this succession of conflicts is ultimately pointing up to the passion narrative or the crucifixion when he finally enters Jerusalem. Things come to a head and they kill him. And so this is just the succession of that. Mark's wanting to point that out. Conflict, conflict, conflict. He's, he's continuing to rise in popularity, but also in his opposition. And so we're going to see that today here in Mark chapter 3. I'm reading verses 1 through 6 out of the ESV. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved, at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately and held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. And so things are kind of getting dicey. They have decided in this moment we're, we're going to finally, let's figure out how to kill Jesus. One of the things you see in this section you know, I think the overarching thing is this thing we call legalism. Now, that's a term people throw around like just all the time. Like if they don't like something, well, you're legalistic or that's legalism. And anything that would be like, hey, do this or don't do that or anything like that. We we, we know because we live in the Bible Belt, it's like, well, Jesus means grace and Jesus means love. So therefore, we have forgiveness and the whole rule following thing. Oh, that, that, that's legalism. And so the, we see that true, truly in this text, uh, legalism really kind of a really, really strict adhering to a moral law. But I think it's more than that because here we have the Pharisees and the Herodians, They the Sabbath, right? That's the rest day. Uh, it's, you know, a pattern that we see God in creating the world. And from Genesis, it was part of the Jewish religion. Sabbath was that one day of the week that you don't work, you rest. And so, yeah, they're in a sense, they're right. They're like, yeah, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And they viewed healing someone as a, a, a work, an act of work. And so that that's kind of part of the law, right? But then legalism takes it a step further. It makes that extra tradition like, oh, don't touch the elevator button on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Like all these little extra hedges around the law. Um, and it really, it legalism is, is not just a strict adherence to a moral law. It takes it a step further. And it treats it as if it's unto itself. In other words, they're treating the law, which was there for their benefit, like a magical formula, right? That and 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 their strict adherence to it was a means in and of itself. Uh, you know, they were right just because they're obeying it, not what it represented. And we we often refer to this in the culture as the spirit of the law versus the 
the letter of the law. And so the, is it the spirit or the, or the, the word of the law? You know, that kind of a dichotomy. Anyways, so they are obviously, they're, they're taking it to the extreme and it loses track of the whole, the whole point of the Old Testament law. I mean, it, Jesus healing a guy is not violating that law because it's violating their tradition. Yes, a little hedge around the law, their extra, extra law following because, you know, it misses the point that we're to love God and love our neighbor. And that's what Jesus is doing here. So he's not actually contradicting the law, but he is contradicting their tradition, right? And so the first thing I wrote in here is, before we throw out that term legalism all the time, I would just say treating any any moral law, treating any law like a magical formula makes us blind to our actual sin. Treating anything a do or do not thing as a magical formula makes us blind to our actual sin. Because what's ironic, two things that are ironic in this text, it's irony that the Pharisees are working harder at doing evil than Jesus was in doing good. It's just so ironic. I mean, you think here in verse two, they watch Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. Can you imagine how much work that took? Like, they're following Jesus around, like analyzing all his movements and like, I mean, cops do that as a, as a stakeout and they're on the clock, right? They, <laughs> that's work, right? And it's working really hard so that they might accuse him. So the irony is that the Pharisees are actually working harder at doing evil and, and they're, they're blind. They're like, oh, we're, we're, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath and we're going to work really hard to prove that you're not, you're working on the set. Like, it's just ironic. And then the second irony is like, uh, hey, you're not supposed to work on the set. Like there's that that rule, that tradition. And then they're, they're going to kill him. It's like, okay, uh, that's pretty clear in the Old Testament not to, to murder people, right? And so it's like the, just the irony of that, it, it doesn't make sense. And so Jesus actually challenges them and he's like, okay, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to, to do harm? Like he's doing good and they're doing harm and they instead they're silent. They don't want to be, they don't want to be uh, proven wrong. So they're like, well, I'm not going to say anything to implicate myself. I want to do what I want to do, right? Don't challenge me. And I, I thought this was actually kind of harsh, uh, but pretty interesting. The NEB or the REB translations of the Bible actually render this verse, uh, v- verse four, no, verse five. Uh, it says, looking around at them with anger and sorrow at their obstinate stupidity. I mean, that I, I didn't say that. That's the these two translations of the Bible that came out in the 80s. But anyways, you know, he's not only angry at their insensitivity toward this guy who's suffering, but he's also angry at the way that they're treating, like, the laws that he gave them as a magical formula to make them right in and of themselves, when really those laws point to the fact that we don't do everything perfectly and we need a Savior. And so I saw this in a tweet one time. I think it was Tim Keller. How, how this applies to us, right? We, it's easy for us to be like, yeah, look at them. They're, they're stupid, right? But as Keller said in his tweet, he said, the first step in becoming a Pharisee is to hate other Pharisees, right? In other words, to just go around accusing people of like, hey, this and that and that, right? And so that begs the question, like, in which ways does this apply to us? Right? We're not always the good guy. Sometimes we're the bad guy. 
So I asked the question, what traditions do you, me, what did, what traditions do we use in our life to make ourselves feel like we're right inherently, right? Why were the Pharisees so stubborn about this rule? Because they were using it in their own power. Hey, you can, you can, you can work at not working on the Sabbath and I'll feel better about myself in doing so, right? Because we're obeying the law, right? In their own power, they could use this little tradition as a charm or a magic token to make themselves feel better about their actual sin. And they are definitely actually sinning. And so even in our culture, there's a, a, an assumption that's basically the same thing. There's several assumptions that's basically the same or what as what the Pharisees are doing here. You know, there's this assumption that says just being in church makes you good. It checks the box, right? I can assuage my my guilt and my shame over my sin as long as I show up on Sundays. You know, if I'm here most Sundays between these walls, it's basically a rubber stamp on everything else that I'm doing wrong during the week. Or, you know, go to church every week. I'm singing songs. Even, even in a small group, I'm here. I'm answering the questions. You know, we take attendance. I'm good to go. But... In, in a certain way, you can kind of start to be in this new pharisaicalism of trying to make ourselves feel holy by doing or not doing this activity to, in and of itself, make ourselves think we're more holy than we are. And so that, that begs the question like, all right, we're not holy, right? And, and these little workarounds, these little tricks don't actually work in making us holy if we use them as ends in and of themselves. And that, that screams the fact that we need a savior, which was the whole point of the law anyways, right? People always say, well, like good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people do. And that's true, but perfect people go to heaven because they obey the law. And guess what? You can't obey the law. Try for a couple of weeks, you can grit your teeth, but even if you do that, you're going to do some good things for the wrong reasons. And that law points to the fact that we're not perfect, but there is someone who obeyed it perfectly the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. And we see that here in the person of Jesus. And so that, that begs us to say like, Jesus is our Sabbath, right? There's no more working on the Sabbath, right? And that's what Jesus did. He came and worked on our behalf. He obeyed the law perfectly on our behalf. And Jesus, the person now is our Sabbath rest. In other words, we can rest at working our way to God. It has been finished. That doesn't mean that we can just throw away these moral things that we're supposed to do and not do, but we don't do them for the sake of them in and of themselves. We do them because we are made right with God and we want to please him. We want to not sin or whatever it is. And so he empowers that because we don't have to work for the sake of it. We work from it. The, the condition that we've already been forgiven. And so Jesus overcomes our legalism, our dumb ways that we treat moral laws as magical formulas and blinding ourselves to actual sin. Jesus overcomes the traditions in our life for the sake of the traditions in our life. And Jesus overcomes are working and striving to be right with God by becoming our rest. I hope that's encouraging to you today, and we'll see you back on the next episode. 
Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.